0: Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. I'm excited to share my conversation uh, with the wonderful Emma Dunwoody as she shares about the magic of human design, which is an incredible system that I adore and has helped me so much in my life and I see it help many of my clients now as well. And human design, it provides a map of your unique energy blueprint and how your designed to live in the world at your optimal Um, and it also gives you insights into the gifts that you bring into the world as well and Emma is going to introduce in this podcast because there's so much in this incredible system three of the fundamental concepts of human design so I hope you enjoy this conversation Hello and welcome to this episode of the Sexy Life podcast. And today I am joined by the very fabulous Emma Dunwoody. Welcome, welcome.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today.
0: And likewise, likewise. So let's dive right in. I'd love for you to tell the listeners what it is that you do.
1: So I am an entrepreneur, a coach, a teacher, um, a writer. I am a classic manifesting generator. I have sort of a finger in many pies. Um, my passion really in life is to empower people. I grew up really, um, I don't know, shy and quiet and grew into a 20-year-old with depression and panic disorder. And I, on that journey, discovered how to take my power back and now I basically do the work to support as many people as I possibly can to do the same
0: fantastic and I know you do really amazing work with this and um, so you've mentioned um, that you're a manifesting, manifesting generator so I suspect that most people won't know what that is so please tell us all about it what is a sure. manifesting generator and what is human sure. design
1: <laughs> okay uh, one of my favorite topics so Human design is basically a synthesis of ancient wisdom and modern science. So the ancient ancient wisdoms are the Kabbalah tree of life, the gene, sorry, not the gene keys, the, um, the um, oh my God, the I Ching, the uh, astrology and the chakra system. Uh, this is all synthesized together with quantum physics and all sorts of other, you know, maths and science to give you an energetic blueprint, basically. Um, it's similar to, I'm also a behavioral coach. So it's, it's similar to a behavioral or personality profile, except it's of your energy. So we're talking about our, um, our soul, our aura, um, and really how we are perfectly designed to interact with the quantum field and create our own reality
0: wow (laughs) wow it's a big topic (laughs) it's a huge topic and tell me how did you get into human design
1: so this is like I think it's quite a funny story because I actually as I said I'm a behavioral coach so one of the things I noticed by my mid-30s was that I had faced a lot of adversity and I had this natural ability to find solutions to that adversity And through that process heal myself and it kind of dawned on me that well maybe I could do this for other people so I signed up to um, study to become a master coach now my entire journey um, was fueled by wanting to heal my depression and panic disorder because I'd got to a place in my life in my late 20s where I was really considering taking my own life because I couldn't live the rest of my life with this depression and panic disorder or as far as I could see and I dived really deep, even from that age at 28, into the science, into the science of the brain, um, of behavior, psychology. I really wanted to understand what made me tick. So as I said, I ended up uh, qualifying as a master coach and became a behavioral coach. And in that um, capacity, I was a, a corporate coach, a facilitator, an executive coach, worked with a lot of high-level corporate Um, businesses, both teams, leaders. And there was something that, although I loved it and I was getting results, there was still like something that was missing. And as a kid, I'd been very connected spiritually, but um, the older I got, the more I denied it, the more I was like, no, I need, I need scientific proof. And I had dabbled in a lot of the, the you know, I was absolutely fascinated by things like metaphysics. I was fascinated by, um, you know, even people like The Secret, but I was always like drawn back to, but what's the science? Like I need to know how this stuff functions because it, I, I was, ne- I've never been a person that's just like will blindly follow or believe someone unless they can tell me how. Um, and in that In that journey, the more um, I studied, the more I saw this amazing correlation between the science um, and metaphysics. It was really weird because I was like, oh, my goodness, science proves metaphysics and metaphysics proves science. Like this new science of quantum physics that's, you know, really emerged over the last I mean, it's been around for a lot longer, but it's very much emerged in the last 10 years. This quantum physics was like, that's the science I'm looking for. So I could start to see this really meaty, deep, evidentiary-based science that supports the spiritual. So that led me down the spiritual path. Now, as I head, head down this spiritual path, of course, I you know, um, discovered people like Eckhart Tolle, um, who I just love, um, Dr. David Hawkins, who's another one of my favourites, And along this path, I get introduced, I believe the first time was by my husband to this thing called human design. And when he first explained it to me, I was like, and and by this point, I was never, I've never been a huge fan of astrology. Um, Now I've studied it, but I still am a bit like, oh, I don't really get it. Um, You know, there's too many opinions or again, it's not enough. There's not enough science. There's not enough hard. This means that. You know, this plus this equals that for me. Um, and my husband introduces me to human design and he tells me all about it and he's a projector and this is what it's like and, da, da, da. and I was just like, oh, wow, that sounds that sounds good. But it was still a little bit woo-woo because it was astrology, the chakra system, the Kabbalah tree of life and the I Ching. I was a bit like, yeah. So I, I pushed it away. Then the second time I um, got curious about it, I went down a a, a rabbit hole as I always do and looked up my chart and there's a lot in my chart that like I will say these days I've got a lot of adversity in my chart. So the old school language of human design because the the science of human design is actually very new it only came to the world in the late 80s Um, and when I looked up my chart like I looked it up a little bit with when just told me and then a the second time I was like no bugger this you're literally building um unresourceful belief systems you're telling me all this stuff's going to be hard I'm not interested so I pushed it away then when I got to um my uranus opposition which is around 40 it's this time where you go through this internal revolution um you basically you wake up one day and go oh my god I'm being the person people want me to be but I want to be me and by the way, who am I? Um, So I started this process of my Uranus opposition, knowing that I was going into my Uranus opposition. Um, And this time I had this big intention of like discovering who am I and why am I here? Like, you know, you know, go big or go home. Right. So I'm engaged. I've set these big intentions for the, for this couple of years. And as a part of it, I decided to walk the Camino de Santiago, which is an 800-kilometer mm. pilgrimage through, starts in France because I went the French way, um, starts in the south of France and down to um, Santiago, across the top of Spain to Santiago. And I walk this. I have this intention. Who am I? Why am I here? And I get to the end of um, the the walk and I feel like I have clarity. I feel like I've, I've al- I'm almost there. I'm like, I always joke. Um, part of my design means that I'm never going to have real 100% clarity. It's always joke. Like I had 86% clarity (laughs) and I said, literally, as I was on the plane going home, I said, okay, universe, whatever you want me to bring to the world, just show me. And I, I got home and within that week that I got home, human design was just pummeled at me. Like everybody just threw human design at me. And I was like, oh God okay, I need to face this. I need to actually dive deep and get past my fear and um, reservedness. So I did. And I literally Googled best human design um, coach in Sydney or something like that. And as serendipity would have it, the, I would say the leading Australian human design person, because there wasn't many at that stage lived a suburb away from me. So I connected with her and that's where my, journey to fall in love with human design really started um but yeah it, it ultimately the big thing the big thing that made me not ignore it um was that i had never been seen i hadn't even seen myself as well as i could see myself through the frame of my human design like it was this ultimate permission slip just to be me which is something I hear every day now. So yeah, that was my journey to human design. Long story.
0: (laughs) No, but a fabulous story. And, and, you know, and, you know, I'm having an ever, ever increasing big love of human design. And so it's lovely to hear your journey into it. So just to give people a visual. So they um, give you their birth date, their birthplace, time of birth, and then a chart produced, which gives them a visual actually of their energetic blueprint so that they can see themselves through this lens. And then obviously mm-hmm. somebody um, like you to interpret that chart for them. And there's all these different elements as uh, um, of the chart. So you can understand so much. I mean, it just gets deeper and deeper the more you understand your chart. And the one thing I love about how you do human design is you frame it with, it's all one big experiment. (laughs) And I just think that's so important because I was introduced to human design. I had a reading many, many years ago and I looked into studying it. But what put me off then was that it was just like, felt like, this Is how it is, and if you're in a manifesting generator, you're like this, if you're a generator, you're like that, and it just didn't resonate with me. But then when mm. I connected with you, it was like a whole different way of talking about it and giving people because I love that your sort of strap line, if you like, for your work is become your own guru, and yep. so I'd love you to share a little bit about why that's important.
1: Yeah, I love it. This is such a great question. So as a behavioural coach, I'm also certified in a number of different profiling tools. One of the things that um, I think is really important is that we don't use or tell people who they are. And what happens with behavioural tools is that we can you know, go into a company or deal with an individual and we can go through their, their profile and we're telling them basically who they think they are so what happens is that they give up their sovereignty they give up their identity they say well you know i am um, you know an, a, a d a high d so therefore i am blah 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 and from a behavioral point of view What I think is really wrong about that is what we're doing is we're telling people who they are. What's happening in their brain is that they are forming an identity of who they are. Their unconscious mind then plays out behavior aligned to that identity. That is all mind oriented. Now, the big thing about human design is that it's all about our energy. It's about our heart. It's about our soul. It's about moving decisions from the head to the heart or to the body specifically, um, and in these times now, like all of a sudden we're learning about emotions. We're ta- learning about being in the body. We're learning about the wisdom that the innate wisdom that we have. And I think there's so much danger in dogma. Um, we've seen it in the church. We're currently experiencing it with the, with governments. Um, and it's very, very important for me that human design doesn't become another dogma because it, it has great potential. And I do see it especially with some types, um, there's a lot more dogma around it. And what people don't understand is all you're doing is taking people from being mind identified with something to something else. You're not actually setting them free. And the big thing for me about being your own guru is that the whole point of human design, as you said, it is an experiment. So the guy who actually um, channeled human design and brought it to the world one of his um one of the things that he said that i really liked and and a lot of things he said i didn't love because he's really hard to listen to he's really negative and he's, he's he just uses shock to have an impact um but one of the thing he says is like don't believe me don't believe anybody this is an experiment this is all about um the experiment so all my work is about, I can give you the structure and a part of my, my design, um, there's this part called the incarnation cross, which is basically the job description of your aura. Um, I'm a cross of planning. So I'm all about structure and I can give you the structure but I'm never gonna tell you who you are. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to discover who you are, find out what's true for you and become your own guru. Because every single thing in my opinion, on this planet that's wrong with this planet is because we experience separation and rejection of ourselves internally so if we're teaching people that you're not worthy unless you're like me or you're not worthy unless you fit into this box or you're not worthy um blah 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 then we're just going to keep going and doing the same things that we're doing however if we choose something like human design and there's other modalities of course that can get you there things like buddhism the course in miracles um a lot of other ways that we can really focus on um emphasizing love self and self-acceptance but through human design when we learn to trust the way we're specifically designed to communicate with the universe and to fulfill our purpose magic happens like magic happens and One thing that I'm seeing, not only personally, but with all my clients, is that because we're shifting the decision-making from the head into the body, we're listening to this part of us, which is called our authority, which is the way we're designed um, uniquely, individually to make decisions, Um, then we can start to do a thing called quantum leaping. And quantum leaping basically means we get to skip bits. Um, We're at the moment in... Um, a time where the whole world is quantum leaping, and this three years apparently it, it's going to amplify, meaning that we're going to skip steps, we're going to have huge change. It's why everything's happening so fast. But when we can trust our authority, it means that we stop fulfilling or um, what we're actually doing is uh, collapsing the quantum possibilities. We stop collapsing the quantum possibilities. Um, And the universe and our body can guide us the fastest way possible to, yeah, to abundance, to purpose, to love, to joy, to all of the great things that our souls did come here to experience.
0: Mm, Fantastic. Fantastic. And I love that, just to, you know, that shift from the mind to the body um, is just so profound. And I remember when I was told in a human design reading 10 years ago that I could listen to my body, I was like, took me like mind blown that actually i could get information from my body because it's so alien to how i was raised and we were on a call yesterday and it was so lovely seeing the woman who was there saying i was having a bad day feeling awful and all this stuff and then i just checked in with my body and actually it was a whole different experience you know and so it's just so powerful just that shift alone is just phenomenal how that would change the world (laughs) for sure exactly Yeah. yeah and it.
1: I think that, I think that, you know, I love that what you just said. And I was going to share that same example is that there are so many of us, because I had the same example as, as, or experience as she did, that I literally realized one day that I was thinking my feelings. Yeah. You know, I wasn't actually checking in with my body. And our body has so much wisdom. And we're in that time now where it almost doesn't matter what modality you're learning or you're tapping into, it's always about satiating into the body.
0: Yeah and I just want to repeat that that you're thinking your feelings (laughs)
1: because again
0: when I for me being in my head it was like it just like took me ages to sort of put that jigsaw together because we're so up here all the time because we're so in our heads. So there's the practice of of, of, um, listening to the body so how do you can you share some ways that people can start to do that?
1: Yeah yeah absolutely so First and foremost, with human design, um, like anything, there are, you know, you're still sort of split into groups, if you like. And I don't love the groups because they were kind of created um, to make it easier to teach. It wasn't actually part of what we call the, like the initial, um, the black book, as they call it. But so first and foremost, what you want to do is you want to find out your, your type, strategy and authority. And I'll talk you through type, strategy and authority. And the reason why you want to know that is so you understand how you're, you're on a very high level, how your energy works. So there are five types. Uh, we have manifestors and manifestors are on the planet to inspire, initiate and really yeah inspire people into action. Um, they are here to be trailblazers, to start new things. Um, and these are people that they can often as children shut themselves down because they know they're too that people think they're too much or they're too independent or um you know as kids they can be quite challenging because they know what they want they know where they're going um and somehow they actually they're always okay and they don't need you but they're also people that tend to shut themselves down because of that big energetic independence Um, then we have the generator types. So we've got a generator or a manifesting generator. The generators have this big aura that is really attractive. So it's constantly like this big attractor beam. We all have our own attractor beam, the, the law of attraction. But the generator is like the universe is just constantly bringing things to the generator to respond to. Um, and these people are on the earth to do what lights them up. In, um, in the past, the generator has literally been used and abused for their energy. Um, they're people that have been locked in factories to, to do the work, but actually what they're on the planet to do is to feel really excited because their purpose is to take the inspiration and blow it up in the third dimension, like really on planet earth, get excited about something and grow it and, and make it real manifest it into reality. Um, and in that, you know, it's aligned to the work that they do and these people love their work and I'm a manifesting generator um and work is so 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 important so when I had young children I found it very challenging and as a behavioralist I was like oh it's just my identity changing and I did all this work that I knew from a behavioral point of view but what's really interesting now that I understand human design I was like oh god it's because I didn't have work that that compounded how challenging it was because I'm literally here to do things that light me up um, ironically, it doesn't feel like work. When, when a generator type is aligned, it doesn't feel like work. Then we have the manifesting generator. So the manifesting generator is here on the planet to, um, Oh, it's a hybrid. So it's between the generator and the manifester. And they're here, they're a little bit superhuman, the manifesting generator. They, um, they take up a lot of space. They're a non-linear being. So the first thing you usually hear from a manifesting generator is, oh my God, I feel like a quitter. Until I came to human design, I just thought I was a quitter and I just gave things up quickly. These are people who are multi-passionate. They want to do lots of things. They tend to have, you know, more than one focus. Uh, But they also learn faster and get out quicker. So they're people that it may look like they're a quitter on the outside, but they're actually taking so much more in at a faster rate um, because they're finding better ways for humans to be human. So, um, yep, that's the manifesting generator. Um, also part of big part of their purpose um, if the purpose of a manifester is literally to initiate spark and inspire action in the world the generators are about their work the manifesting generators about their work then we have projectors now projectors are our guides these people are very very wise but these these people do not have as much energy as the generator types the manifestors are a little bit the same as the projectors and the projectors they are they tend to be. Very good at reading energy. Very good at knowing um, how to, you know, they might be a good at studying things. They might be fascinated with systems. Um, There's someone who is going to go really, tend to go quite deep on something and and just hang around until they master it. Then they will have quite a passion. They'll be like, you know, don't annoy me, I'm studying, or don't annoy me, I'm working on this, and they want to just spend their time. Um, on their their passion not on working and they're actually not designed to work more than like three hours a day in traditional work sense um, and the thing with the projector is that they they're on the planet to be seen and recognized for this wisdom and this can be their greatest challenge because if they don't see and recognize their own wisdom then no one else does and this is where they can get into this real dichotomy because they try to behave like a generator type and they try to work hard and prove themselves but they don't get seen they don't get heard and, and they will end up banging their head against a wall so it's really one of the types that has to sort of go oh god i have to flip my whole paradigm of who i think i am and how i operate in the world and when they do they're a lot more aligned to you know you do less receive more you wait for an invitation to share your wisdom and basically go geek out on the things that you really love and adore um, and value that journey that learning what you have because then other people are going to value it too then we have a reflector now a reflector there's only one percent of the global population that are reflectors i've met so many of them now and the greatest gift that these people have is that they can read energy like no other Um, the way that I I say that I see it, but like I do see it in my mind's eye, but I also feel it when I'm around them is that they can see energy coming like a wave and it's almost, you know, like they can see the future coming like a wave, but it's not the, the clarity of the future. It's this this energy. They can see how energy is being used. And what actually happens with them is they reflect that back. They, they amplify and reflect that back to people. So a reflector, is a person who is we're all unique but they're very very unique and they're a person that can get um lost in other people's identity other people's energy if they're not willing just to flow with the waves to flow with you know the current and just be themselves but they're incredibly wise beautiful human beings that um yeah, they like some of the the intuitives I've worked with. One specific um, intuitive who's a reflector, she just blew my mind. Like she literally went in, almost to my psyche, and pulled this this pain thing out that no one had ever heard about, no one had ever accessed. I hadn't even thought about it since I was like. Seven, um, and this this is their great gift because they really reflect back not only the individual but the community that they're in, um, and they're in incredibly powerful beings. So yeah, they're the five types. Um, do you want me to share a little bit about the strategy and authority quickly?
0: Yeah, that would be helpful because they're they're the foundations, aren't they? So please, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So one of the things that um, I really like to. Um, Oh, what's the word, not reiterate, but be very clear on is, um, as you said earlier, human design is very complicated. There's a lot of different levels and a lot of people want to get very clever and go very deep and that can overcomplicate and overwhelm a lot of people. The thing with human design, especially when you start to learn your own, you've, you've got to start simple um, and you can stay simple. If you understand your strategy and authority, which I'll explain in a minute, then magic can happen. You don't need to know the depths of everything else because you will naturally align to everything else if you just focus on your strategy and authority. Most people, when they um, you know, if they get half curious, they're going to go into all of their gates and channels and all of those things, but that is a lot more complicated. Now, our strategy and authority, they're really important because it's how the universe speaks to us and how we speak to the universe. And it's all about this communication loop between our body and um, our spirit and the universe so our strategy is literally the way the universe will speak to us and each type has a different strategy so with, um, with the manifester their, their strategy is to initiate and inform so literally source moves in a creative way in an inspirational way moves a manifester and a manifesto is just like one of those people that's like okay get out of my way I'm doing this I'm creating this I'm building this I'm I'm doing this so, their strategy is literally to feel source move through them. And as, as soon as source moves through them, to go as best they can to go and create or to initiate, to start something. Then, with a generator and a manifesting generator, um, we have this strategy to respond. Now, except for, and, and there is a grey area, but except for the, the manifester, all the other types are in some sort of response to the external world, which basically blows up a lot of the behavioral coaching or the mindset or performance coaching that you hear, you know, like you hear people say, take massive action, go out there and initiate, um, you know, go and have an impact. And ultimately what human design says is actually no. What you want to do in, instead, as a, especially as a generator type, you wait to respond. Now generator types are responding in every single second. So it's not something that you have to wait a long time for. Um, you open If you open a fridge door, then you're responding to what you're seeing in the fridge. Like, boom, okay, I'm having that. Um, you know, you smell something uh, down the street and think, oh, I want to eat that. Or um, it could be as simple as someone offers you a job. You respond to that. You know, one of the examples that I have in my advertising career is that from my, even even my first job interview, literally, at the age of 18, my dad came, came home and said, oh, I got you a, I got you a job interview at, at, um, at this TV station. And I was like, oh, okay, and just went along. And from that job, my entire advertising career, I never once applied for a job. I never once asked for a pay rise, but I got them all the time. Um, I got headhunted from each job. And what would happen is I would be like, oh, I'm bored now. Manifesting generators can get bored relatively easy and they always have a CV that's got no longer than two years anywhere. Um, And I would just be like, "Mm, I'm bored. And then literally within days, someone would call and say, oh, would you come and interview for this job? And this is, this is how a generator type, a manifesting generator or a generator is in alignment. It's constant response. Like when you listen to your internal guidance system, in my case, it said it's bored. I want to expand. I want to grow. I want something new. The universe will bring you something to respond to. And it might be a yes or it might be a no, but you just have to trust that process. Now, the manifesting generator has the response and they also need to inform. And informing isn't asking permission. It's literally declaring your intention for your energy. Where are you going? What's your intention? What are you doing? Just tell people. It's really counterintuitive. Manifestors and manifesting generators don't like doing it. They actually think that it's safer to just do what they want to do and tell people later and be like, oh, sorry. But actually, it works so much better when they just learn to inform um and then the projectors their strategy is to wait for an invitation and as you can imagine these wise um often um what's the word i'm looking for um not mentally identified but these are people who they they are proud of what they know they're proud of what they do they're proud of their wisdom um they're people who can see things that other people can't see. They can see the nuances, the details, you know, my husband's a projector and um, projectors can have challenge. It can be challenging to work in that old school sales system. And, And my husband was a, was a sales person. And he was really good at what he did because he waited for someone to invite him into their business. Then he would literally sit and let them tell him, tell them all about his business. And then he would just go, well, okay, this is my guidance. This this is what I suggest that you do. And because he just could see every T, you know, every T crossed and every I dotted, um, you know, this, this is how a projector works. Now they have to wait for an invitation to um, offer, like I said, with my husband. And if he ever pushed a deal, he, he wouldn't get it. Like if he tried to go out there and push a deal, he wouldn't get it. He would get the deals that came to him. Um, very uncomfortable at first, very counterintuitive. But the big thing with um, a projector is that they need to learn to um, recognise and see their value. So it's very important that they recognise their value of, of their wisdom and what they have to contribute so that they don't feel the need to force it, okay? They don't feel the need to prove it. they just like, I've so got this. I am I on to it, um, but I'll wait for you to, to bring it to me. Um, And, you know, asking questions is a really good way for you to start. And I see Justin, that's how he used to do it with his his sales process before he even understood being a projector. Um, Asking lots of questions is a way that often ends in an invitation. Um, And then reflectors. So reflectors are actually what we call um, a moon being. The rest are aligned to the sun. The projector is aligned to the moon. And because energy is constantly moving through this person, everybody's energy is moving through this person. Um, animals' energy, uh, plants' energy, like everything is moving through them all the time. So they need time. They just need time to know how something feels, if it feels right or it doesn't feel right. So it's all about, we talk about the 28-day moon cycle and I've got one um, reflector, you know, in within my business that she is like a freaking powerhouse like a powerhouse and at first she had real challenges with this 28 days am i waiting 28 days screw that like i'm an overachiever um and when she started practicing this she was like oh my goodness i now realize all of these things that i've done in my life that were completely unnecessary um and i didn't really want to do anyway and it's just that i would got into it and i forced myself to do it whereas when she slowed down all of a sudden the correct things for her appeared and the shorter path from a to z and you know literally she's running a big um uh national business now and she's also running a coaching business it's she's amazing human so they're the strategies how the universe speaks to us do you want to add anything on that or anything about that
0: i just just to say it's just mind-blowing and and just how it's so different than what what we're raised in terms of how we are in the world. Like it's just that sort of Nike slogan, isn't it? Just do it, get out into the world, like you say. And, you know, for me, it's been so significant because Mm -hmm. it's about how do we find our flow with the world? Whereas, you know, all the things that I've initiated myself and pushed have never worked out. And that's okay to things not to work out. But I just think, if, if, if we just lived by that alone, how that would change the world I mean, yep. would be phenomenal, phenomenal. And And it takes a lot, doesn't it, for people to shift because it's about sitting back. It's about trusting. It's about not pushing. It goes so against everything we've been conditioned. So thank you for explaining mm. that so beautifully. So, yeah.
1: And it's so true. You know, that's the biggest piece of human design. The hardest part about it is becoming really aware of your conditioning and and choosing alignment over conditioning. That is the biggest challenge because it's not, it's not, um, I I want to say it's not natural. It is natural. It's innate, but your mind, like your unconscious mind especially is so incredibly powerful and it is conditioned and, and it is um, created when you're a child, you've been living this way for a long time. So That is a challenge for many people. And because you learn your human design. So you're mentally applying your human design. It's that process of integration. I often talk Mm. a lot that it's one thing to know your design, but you have to be able to integrate it. You have to be able to live it. Um, And that's when you start to see these really profound changes. But it is this massive journey of self-trust and trusting something greater than you.
0: Yeah, and experimenting. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. authority. So authority.
1: Authority is... Like how our body guides us. So as I said, that one of the fundamental principles of human design is that we're moving from the the, the head, from the mind, making decisions to the body. Um, the the mind effectively, and for those, some of us have a, a, a superpowered mind that has very structured, consistent um, thinking. And people like that, it, it's it's what we call an outer authority. So it's a gift to give to others, but it's never to be applied to making decisions for yourself. Um, but when we're making decisions for ourselves, we want to trust this thing called our authority. And authority is basically our body wisdom. It's our body saying, um, you know, yes, I have the energy for this. This is an alignment for me or no, it's not. And each of us are going to, depending on our unique design, It's going to be a little bit different. So the most common is what we call emotional authority. This is aligned to the solar plexus, Um, and emotional authority again. This is so against all of our conditioning. Is it's an emotional wave. These are emotional beings. It's it's almost fifty percent of the population um, are what we call emotional beings, and then fifty percent are not what we call non-emotional beings. And the emotional being, and this is a really important point because. An emotional being always has an emotional, a mechanical emotional wave. And as a behavioralist, when I was doing all of my training, when I was doing all of my healing, I reconditioned my brain from depression and panic disorder. um, There is this part of me that's like, how come she gets, she's fixed. Like she's not having the, I don't get it. Whereas I was like, I'm still having that emotional up and down. Is there something wrong with me? And when I came to human design, I was like, oh, Oh, I get it now. So half of the global population are governed by this this emotional authority. And emotional authority means that you're always somewhere in an emotional wave. It's mechanical. What we need to be aware of is the stories we apply to the feelings that we're feeling, as opposed to trying to stop the feelings altogether, which, you know, is just like a, a spiritual bypass or pass or emotional bypass. But an emotional being will always have that. But those um, people also are on the planet to become very emotionally wise, um, emotionally intelligent, um, to experience emotion and not be afraid of emotion, to be able to hold space for emotion. These are the people that, um, uh, you know, uh, define emotional child will be able to hold space for potentially an emotional parent but an undefined emotional child will be like oh my god this is way too much get out of my space i need to run away so when it's your authority it's all about trusting the wave and you're looking for this thing this mystical thing that we call clarity so what that will feel like is often with an emotional being something will percolate something will become into your awareness there will be a decision that you want to make Um, and in that process of, you know, let's say you're you're looking for a house. I know you've been you've been looking for a house um, and you go through this process of looking at lots of houses. Now, something's going to percolate. You're going to have a vision. You might know what you want in that house. There'll be all these things kind of percolating um, underneath. And an emotional authority, what's going to happen is you might see the most beautiful house, but you'll see it on a day that you're feeling really low or whatever. And you're just like, hmm. It's crap. No, that's not it. So you really have to be aware of that emotional wave because it's almost, you know, putting this filter over life. Um, but the beauty of emotional authority is once you get the hang of it, it's like you can feel all this percolation, and you can feel like, oh, I can't. I'm not going to make a decision now because um, it's it's not it's not clear, or I'm feeling a bit flat, or whatever it is. But when it's a go, it's like all of a sudden it's just a go. Like you just get this clarity, like, oh, oh, we're going. This is the house. Um, but the big and important thing of this authority is not to push it. So often um a person with emotional authority, it's really important they slow down. But most given the world that we live in, we're put under time pressure, you have to make decisions fast, you have to um, you know, just 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 make a decision, just make a decision, just do it. And an emotional person needs the opposite, they need time and space to know what's right for them Um, then we go to a sacral authority which is for the want of a better word that easiest and probably the yeah the easiest of all the authorities and this this is a generator type it's a defined sacral and what that means is that they literally have this automatic yes or no in their gut in their soul in their um sacral that is constantly in every second, giving them feedback on, yep, no, yep, no. So as um, if you have a sacral authority, you just literally have to, A, you can watch yourself. One of the things I love seeing, which just makes me giggle, is whenever I'm running a big class or I'm running any class and I say something and you can just see all the generator types nodding along, you know, their (laughs) sacrals are just like, "Uh uh uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And lots of yes, no questions. And if you ask a sacral, sacral being yes, no questions, um, they're going to be saying yes or no or aha uh-huh or uh uh-uh. uh, and it's literally their sacral talking in that moment. They can seem like they don't think about it, like they just like they just act in the moment. Like my operations manager is is a sacral mg. Um, the other two in the team are both emotional and we sort of take time. And, we're, uh, and she'll make a decision and be like, oh, my God, did that come out of left field? But if her sacral said go, it's like it's a go. And what that really means is she has the energy for it. It's aligned for her. Um, she doesn't need to know the steps because it'll all unfold. So, so that's the sacral authority. Then we have splenic authority and that's the spleen now, this one can be a little bit more challenging because it can start as a whisper. It's the one we're the most conditioned out of. It's our instinct. It's aligned very much to survival in the body. And the spleen, it doesn't have a clear like yes or no, like the sacral does. And it can come in in all sorts of ways because it's also connected to um, intuition. So you could see visions, you could hear voices, you could feel things in your body, you could have any of that those sort of things um, experiences it's just an or it's just a knowing and the spleen it really does start with a whisper and it's the sort of whisper that says just get off the freeway here just get off the freeway here um, and you get off the freeway and as you you know go over the overpass you see there's a big accident just down the freeway so it, it doesn't explain why how or what but it's like it'll give you detailed information about do this or be that, or don't do this. And you start to, the more people trust it, the louder the whisper gets. And I've got a lot of clients that have been experimenting with their spleen for years now. And they literally, one of the one of them tells such a great story about a bear. And she was out hiking and she could see this figure, um, this thing right in the distance. It was a long way away. And she just went, oh, it's a bear. We've got to go. And her husband was like, Oh, how do you know it's a bear? It's not a bear. Don't be ridiculous. Um, So they kept walking and she's just like, all right. And the closer they got, um, it it was, it was a bear. And she was like, we need to get the hell out of here right now. So it's trusting those things. Although the eyes or the other senses might be telling you something different, it's trusting those whispers. Um, and then we go into the other authorities that are a little bit, they're they're, very, they're a much smaller, uh, group of the population we have like the ego or the will center. So this is someone who, um, needs to talk out from a place of their identity or their ego. Um, so that there'll be someone who will be eye focused. Uh, my mother has, um, has will center authority and everything is about her, um, and this can be in a resourceful way or in an unresourceful way. But if you have someone that has that authority in your life, you need to understand that that's the way they're designed. Like there's no changing that. That's how they make sense of the world. It's how they are guided through their world. Um, and it's about talking it out. When they can hear uh, what's right for them come out of their own mouth, then they know what decision to make. We have G-Center or the, ha- or the, yeah, the G-Center which is all about just direction, same thing. They need to speak it out. And when they hear their own voice um, talking, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I know this is the direction that I need to go in or this is the thing that I need to do. Um, Then we have um, the mental projectors. So this is all about the head. So what happens is they have all of their superpowers in their head, but it's for for their outer authority. It's not for them. So it's very much about this. How does this environment make me feel, feel? How do these people make me feel? How does this energy make me feel? Um, and if anything doesn't feel right, it's very important that they they don't continue to be there. That's where their decisions will come from. And those last three as well, it's very important that these people have what we call a sounding board in their life. Um, it's the same with the reflectors as well. The reflectors just need time But they also, all these people need to be able to have someone they can speak to that's not going to project their crap onto them, tell them what to do, give them advice, all of that. That's not what they're here for. They literally just need to speak. Um, And if you have any insights into maybe what you hear in their tone or what they're they're really saying underneath, then yes, that's valuable. But um, it's about them. It's not about the person they're speaking with, if that makes sense.
0: Wow (laughs) yeah it does thank you for sharing that and I know that's going to be a lot for for people to hear because there's lots of new language if you're not familiar with human design Um, but it's so worth just exploring those three areas the type Mm -hmm. strategy and authority and how that can just be so like you say profoundly simple but also transformational.
1: Yes yeah and I mean this is the biggest piece because what you're doing is taking back your power you're mm. saying okay i'm not going to do what i'm conditioned to do because we're all conditioned um, you know that that famous quote from one of the um philosophers you know give me a boy until he's seven and i'll show you the man um, we are the adult version of our seven-year-old self until we consciously choose to recondition our mind and with human design it literally gives us a whole new different toolkit um and the process of deconditioning is so much i believe is easier because the deeper we go into our chart the more we're like oh my god that's 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 who i am and i think i even said it in our class the other day it's a great quote i was like shit i'm gonna write that down that was one of those things that just came out of my mouth and it was like what we discover so often in human design is that we've been punishing punishing ourselves for years for our alignment for the things that we're actually here to be to do our superpowers but because they're not in alignment with what society says we should do or be, we punish ourselves for that. Um, and what human design does is it sets us free. We're like, oh, you know, for me, like I'm, I'm inconsistent. I'm nonlinear. I don't complete things. Um, I'm, you know, all over the place. Um, but in the same breath, you know, I have this um, ability to, to teach and to transform and to connect to people really deeply in a way that a lot of other people don't have that ability to do. And it's so, um, you know, and and for me the other thing that was so empowering was knowing that adversity was something my soul chose. Um, So all of these things that I've overcome in my life, I'm like, Oh, right. Brilliant. I learned literally learned all these lessons. So I can help all these different people because most people will experience one of these things that I've experienced all of them. Mm. So I think that, you know, really helps me as well to give, deeper meaning to the challenges that I've had and it's the same for everyone you know when you dive into your chart you go oh my god look at me I'm miraculous it's awesome
0: (laughs) totally and it's really helped helps people to see themselves in such a a magical magical way and like you say to own the parts that may be you know, for me, um, being a manifesting generator and it's like some of the things are not designed to fit in and big energy and all these things. And a lot of my childhood messaging was don't show off, just, you know, don't be too much and all of these things. So being able to reclaim those parts of me has just been so magical. And I see that happen all the time. And it's like, like, like you said, at the beginning that permission slip to actually own the parts that make you and really claim them for yourselves and so yeah thank you well thank you so much for so beautifully explaining um, the foundations of human design and bringing your magical self to this podcast and I love to finish with the question as we're on the sexy life podcast what does living a sexy life mean to you?
1: That is such a great question. And the answer for me is like freedom and playfulness. It's all Um, about, um, you know, what human design gives us. It's all about being authentically myself. It's about being able to have the courage to be playful. You know, for me, I'm just about to turn 47. I surf, I ride a BMX bike, I ride a skateboard. Um, it's, It's about feeling really good in my skin and living life to the fullest um, and basically giving the finger to anyone who thinks I should conform to anything <laughs> other than what is me you know that that's what it, that's what real sexy life is for me
0: I noticed that. I think it's on your Instagram or something this there's, there's the line living by my rules and I was just smiling yep. when I read that so yeah beautiful and playfulness is just one thing so many adults lose so I love the images of you on BMX bikes and skateboards and and surfing that's just amazing let's rewrite the scripts as we head into 50 it's like yeah exactly Um, so um where can uh people find you online
1: yeah cool um so i have my website is emmardunwoody.com um and instagram is probably the place you'll find me the most um i do have a free facebook group if you want to join and learn more where i do a live in there every couple of weeks for for question and answer that's just the human design facebook group and then my instagram is the human design coach um yeah just if you look that up you'll find me and there's lots of content. And of course, um, the podcast, I can't believe I nearly forgot the podcast, the human design podcast, which is literally everything you need to know to dive into your human design.
0: It's such a great place to start. And Emma's got loads of magical offerings, including you just launched a like human design 101 course as an introductory course. for people. Oh, I did. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Just so people can get into it without getting, you know, overwhelmed by all the information
0: yeah thank you so so much for being here really really appreciate it and yeah hope to bring you back sometime for another conversation love this so much all right thank you so much for having me you're so welcome have a lovely day thank you for listening to the love sex and intimacy podcast with me sarah rose bright I support women and couples across the globe to truly enjoy sex and pleasure and to create or deepen intimate relationships that are passionate and purposeful, happy and healthy. And I'd love to support you. You can book a complimentary call via my website at sarahrosebright.com to find out if my approach is right for you. And check out my website for information about my one-to-one coaching programs and any current workshops, group programs and retreats that I'm running wherever and whenever you are listening, wishing you a beautiful day.